Good evening, TPC family, and welcome to our Wednesday night service, and welcome to week two of the Road to Easter series. I hope you enjoyed last week's message entitled Walking Through the Valley. We talked uh, about several things last week in regards to the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. So if you get it, didn't get a chance to watch that message, you can go back here on Facebook and, and watch that. Uh, this is week two again. Uh, we are continuing our following of the disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. Uh, the, in this week, we want to look at the section uh, of Jesus coming alongside them and his interaction with them and how important it is for us to have that encounter with Jesus. You know, one of the things we, we focused on last week was the aspect of walking through the valley, and that we all walk through a valley in different seasons of our life or different times, in different circumstances, those type of things. And of course, we're all walking through a valley, so to speak, right now in regards to COVID and, and this, this whole mess over these last uh, two years or year and a half, however long it's been, it seems like a million years at this point. Um, but it's impacted everyone. And in the midst of all that, there's all the other life stuff that's taking place. So COVID just kind of really um, just adding to the some of the valleys that we're walking through. So that's what last week was all about, was what do we do when we're walking through a valley? And how, how does the experience the disciples had on the road to Emmaus help us in that process? Well, we want to take that a step further this week as we continue with them. And we're going to look at the specific encounter they had with Jesus, because it's so important to learn to walk with the master. It's so, so important to learn to walk on a daily basis with Jesus. And that's exactly what we want to do tonight. So I'm going to open to some prayer, and then we're going to jump back into Luke chapter 24. So let's get started. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, first of all, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for your truths. And Lord, I thank you uh, just for the wisdom that you give us uh, from from our relationship with you, uh, from the the revelation you give to us through your word. So tonight, I, I pray us a, a spirit of wisdom and revelation on every single person who watches this message, Lord, whether they're watching tonight uh, as we broadcast or later on. Uh, Father, that you would speak into their circumstances, speak into their life. And, and give them a perspective of how important it is to be walking with Jesus in every season of life, especially when we're walking in the valley. So Lord, I thank you for it. And Lord, we're just, um, we're just honored to be called your sons and daughters. And we thank you in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, let's get started. Again, we are in Luke chapter 24. Uh, and I'm going to pick up here in verse 25. You know, we looked at the first part, 13 through 24, last week. So I'm just going to read a couple of verses this week, and then we're going to dive into uh, what what that can look like in our lives today. So it's going to be verses 25 through 27 in the book of Luke. Uh, so if you have your Bibles there with you, if not, uh, I'm going to read this. I'm, I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. So picking up in verse 25. Then he said to them, and this is talking about Jesus, he being Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. 
Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So if you remember last week, here are the disciples walking on this road, and they're just they're talking and just kind of commiserating, if you will, about all the events surrounding Jesus' crucifixion and his death. Uh, they'd heard sort of rumors that Jesus had been resurrected. They hadn't seen it themselves. So as they're talking with each other, as they go down this road, here comes Jesus walking beside them. He comes up along beside them, and they don't recognize him. It specifically says that, that it was hidden from their eyes who he was. And he asked them, you know, what are you all talking about? And they kind of walked him through the whole thing. They're like, have, have you not heard? Are you the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's going on? And they share with Jesus their perspective of what's happened. And, and that's, that's the, the important aspect of, of what we saw last week was it was their perspective of what had happened and, and looking at it sort of through their own lens rather than uh, through God's lens. And this is what we begin to see this week is Jesus coming along and giving them a different perspective. And he doesn't just speak to them just off the cuff. He goes into the scriptures. He goes to the word of God and reveals to them what the word has to say about what's going on, because the word had a lot to say, obviously, because the entire Old Testament, throughout the Old Testament, prophesied Jesus is coming and the fact that he was going to suffer, die, and then be resurrected. And that's what Jesus says here. You know, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and enter into his glory? So, as Jesus comes along, he begins to give them this new perspective. And this is why it's so important to be walking with Jesus. And it's so important for us to be in the word of God on a consistent basis because it gives us God's perspective on things. And it reveals to us things we, we can't get on our own. We don't see on our own. So specifically, there's three things I, I want to look at tonight in regards to walking with the master that we can pull out of this passage that relates directly to us in a season of a valley or even in the season of walking in victory or a mountain or whatever it is we're going through. In every aspect of life, we need to be walking with the master. So here's three specific things that I want to talk about tonight. Uh, number one, we always need to put ourselves in a position to hear from Jesus. No matter what we're going through, no matter the season, good, bad, or indifferent, we always need to put ourselves in a position to hear from Jesus. Now, it's, it's especially true when we're going through a, a rough season, a valley, when things are difficult, when we can't figure out what's going on. We absolutely need to hear from Jesus. So we need to put ourselves in a position to hear from the Lord. So that's number one. Number two, we need to allow the Word of God to transform our perspective. And that's what we see here with, with the disciples. Jesus uses the Word to transform their perspective. And that's what the word can do for us today in all our circumstances. It can transform our perspective. So we're going to talk about that. And then finally, every, everything, uh, as we hear from the Lord, as the word transforms our perspective, we always need to stay close to Jesus. So we're going to talk about those three, three things, uh, putting ourselves in a position to hear from the Lord, allowing the word of God to transform 
our perspective and then staying close to Jesus. So let's start right there at number one. We need to put ourselves in a position to hear from the Lord, to hear from Jesus. So how do we do that? Well, it's, it's really not that hard. You know, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to disciple folks, uh, in, in my life and in my journey and just share with them some of my experiences, share with them from the word. And, and one of the things that I've noticed uh, in, in helping people when crisis comes, when, when we walk through a valley, one of the first things we tend to do is we pull away from the Lord. We don't usually realize we're doing that. Uh, but we tend to pull away from the Lord. We we get away from our time with the Lord every day. We get away from being in the Word every day. We get away from going to church or or hanging out with other Christians. So uh, in that, what we're doing is we're, to a degree, we're stopping or cutting ourselves off from hearing from the Lord. Because it's those areas that we can hear from the Lord. Uh, specifically, uh, a daily time with God, we need to have that consistent time of just being with the Lord every day. Uh, it doesn't have to be three hours. It could just be 10 minutes. You know, whatever it is your routine is, if, if you don't have a routine, I encourage you to just spend five minutes every day. Now, I know a lot of people say you got to do it in the morning. I'm just saying just do it at any time. If, if you don't do it in the morning, do it at night. Uh, do it during the middle of the day. I, I'm not concerned right now of when it happens. What I'm concerned about is that it happens. So don't get caught up, you know, oh, I got up late and, and you know, I, I had to rush to work and I didn't get in my time with the Lord. Do it during your lunch hour. Uh, do it during, you know, before you go to bed. Whatever it, time you can get to that time, just to begin that habit of sitting down with the Lord and, and learning to hear from God. Uh, and I know a lot of times, you know, when we talk about our daily time with God, we, we, we tend to go through our prayer list. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, you know, we tell God what we need. Nothing wrong with that at all. But one of the things I want to encourage you to do when you spend time with the Lord is give the Lord an opportunity to speak to you. Uh, just take a few minutes and be quiet and learn to hear from the Lord. Learn to hear from that inner witness of the Holy Spirit. Because it's infinitely more important that we hear what God wants to say to us because ultimately God already knows what we want to say to him. But one word from the Lord can radically change our, our entire life. It can radically change our entire perspective. It can radically change a, a situation uh, by giving us either wisdom, uh, a new perspective, insight, whatever. Just one word from the Lord can change everything. So I encourage you every single day, just make the commitment to spend a few minutes with the Lord just to listen, to, to hear from the Lord. And one of the best ways to do that, you know, in your daily time with God is to be daily in the word. Okay, the number way, one way that God speaks is through his word. So you need to be in the word. And that's what we see here with Jesus on, on the road uh, with the disciples is the first thing he does is he turns to the scriptures. It says here, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets. And what this is referencing is the Old Testament. Moses is the, is the he's referencing the first five books of, of the Bible called the Torah or the books of Moses. And then the books of the prophets. You know, uh, we read uh, Daniel and Ezekiel and Isaiah and all those. That's what he's referencing here is different parts of the Old Testament that reference 
or prophesy about the coming of the Messiah. So Jesus goes back into the Old Testament, into the Word of God, and begins to show them what the Word has to say about the the things that they're experiencing, the perspective they have. And that's what we need in our lives. We need the Lord to show us in His Word a perspective of what's taking place in our circumstances, what's taking place in our lives. Because again, not only can a single word from the Lord radically change our lives, a, a transformation of our perspective from the Word of God, and we'll get into the specifics of that here in a minute, can change everything. But in order to have that transformation take place, we have to be in the Word in the first place. So we need to put ourselves in that position to hear from the Lord. So you need to have that daily time with God, just listening to the Lord, hearing from Him through His Spirit, hearing from Him through His Word. And we also need to seek godly counsel. Now, those first two are really wrapped around uh, John 15, 5. Uh, if you remember John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Well, when we have that consistent time with God, uh, you know, just spending time with him in worship or just listening, uh, spending time in his word, allowing the Holy Spirit to bring that word into our circumstances, into our life and reveal some of God's perspective. That's, that's part of what God, what Jesus meant when he said, abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. And, and you know, the, the fruit that Jesus is talking about, uh, begins with the fruit of the spirit. Well, one of the fruits of the spirit, the very last one is self-control. Well, in a valley or in a difficult circumstance, we absolutely need self-control. We need the ability to make right decisions. We need the ability to follow through on those right decisions. That requires self-control. And that's part of that abiding. That's part of that fruit. And we do that by spending time with the Lord and in his word. And then, as I mentioned, the aspect of seeking godly counsel. We need other people to give us uh, perspective. Uh, one of the worst things we can do in a, in a crisis or in a difficult situation is isolate ourselves because we cut ourselves off from other influences, other godly people that influence us. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So being in church, being in a small group, being around people, uh, your friends and family who are godly people who can give you godly counsel, you absolutely need that. So Number one, we need to put ourselves in a position to hear from the Lord. And that's some of the ways we can do that. Having that daily time with God, that daily time in his word, and hearing godly counsel from other godly people. So that's number one. Number two, we need to allow the word of God to transform our perspective. And this is really, really important. Now, again, I talked a minute ago here in this first one is you have to have that time in the word. But we also need to allow the word to transform our perspective. You know, on the road to the, on the road that the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, you know, Jesus comes along and he says, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and entered into his glory? Now, see, the disciples thought that that messed up the plan, that that was not supposed to happen. But here Jesus says, yes, it was. And it was not only supposed to happen, it was 
prophesied to happen. And he goes into the word through the, Moses and the prophets and shows them that very thing was supposed to happen. So what we need is God's perspective because our perspective is always going to be distorted by sin. It's sort of like um, uh, an illustration I use is like the fish in the fishbowl. You know, a, a fish in a fishbowl, when the fish looks out through the water to the world outside that fishbowl, that perspective is distorted by the water. But to the fish, the fish doesn't know the difference because that's all they see. They don't have a perspective or a viewpoint that is outside of the water. What the fish needs is, is somebody to come along who is not in the water and sees things clearly not distorted by the water to share and tell that fish what is real and what is true. Well, we're like that fish in the fishbowl because every time we look at life, look at circumstances, all those things, we're always looking through the water, if you will, of sin. Everything we do is influenced by sin. So we need somebody who's outside the water of sin, if you will, to tell us what is true. Give us a non-distorted perspective of reality. Well, of course, that's God. Because God is not influenced by sin whatsoever. He is outside of sin. And he can see things as they truly are. And we need that perspective. Well, and, and, and the reality is perspective has to begin with us. I know a lot of times we want an answer to a circumstance or an answer to uh, a difficult situation. But the number one thing that God wants to transform first is us. And we need a transformation of uh, our perspective of ourselves. Because a lot of times when a circumstance happens, you know, circumstances speak to us, so to speak, uh, where, you know, we tend to believe that the circumstance is sort of a commentary on our worth. When bad things occur, when things don't go the way we want, uh, we hear that, that old voice in our head saying, you know, you're just, you're just a loser. You're just not good enough. This is why stuff is happening to you because you're, you know, you're just not good. And that's a lie because the gospel tells us we've been made good. And we need the word of God to transform our perspective of ourselves in order to transform our perspective of a circumstance or situation. So a lot of times when we get into the word and it gets into us, it begins to transform us first. And that's a good thing. And that is normal. So we need to allow the Lord to transform us in the process of transforming our perspective of our circumstances. And then finally, in regards to allowing the word to transform our perspective, we have to remember that hope comes from God, not from our circumstances. And this is the mistake the disciples made on the road to Emmaus, is they had put their hope in an outcome their expectation of an outcome. So when their expectation didn't occur, their hope was crushed. Their hope fell apart. And a lot of times in our lives, we have a hope that's tied to circumstances, a hope that's tied to an outcome. And when that doesn't occur, we lose hope. But as Christians, our hope should not be tied to circumstances or outcomes. It needs to be tied to Jesus. It needs to be tied to the Lord because that's where our true hope lies. Uh, listen to Jesus' own words in John chapter 16. He says this uh, in verse 33, John 16, 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. 
in the world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So no matter what valley, no matter what circumstance, no matter what challenge that we are faced with in our lives, our hope is always grounded in the fact that Jesus is the victor. He has won the victory over all these things. He has overcome the world and he can manifest his victory in our lives regardless of the circumstance. So our hope has to be grounded in God, in Jesus, in the gospel, not our circumstances. So that's how we uh, allow the word to transform our perspective. We got to remember that we live in the fishbowl, if you will. Uh, we're always looking out through the water of sin, which distorts everything we see. We need to allow the, the Lord and his word to, tra- to transform us first, to transform our perspective of ourselves, of our own identity. As he begins to do that, he will transform our perspective of our circumstances and, and the challenges we face. And then ultimately, we need to have our hope in the Lord, not in an outcome or an expectation or our circumstances. And when we do that, we are allowing the word to transform our perspective. And then finally, number three, we always need to stay close to Jesus. So what do I mean by that? Staying close to Jesus uh, is very much tied to the first one as far as, you know, spending time with him every day, spending time in his word. But there's even more to it than this. When we stay close to Jesus, first of all, we can let go of the need to know how things are going to work out. Um, you know, when it comes to hope, you know, I talked about a minute ago, hope being tied to God, not to our circumstances. Uh, one of the reasons we tend to lose hope is because we want to know, how is this going to work out? <laughs> how is God going to fix all this? How in the world is this circumstance going to be fixed? And when we look at how, and we can't figure out the how, it discourages us. And it tends to, again, cause us to pull back from Jesus. One of the things as a Christian we have to remember is we don't need to know how. Sometimes God doesn't tell us those things. You know, here uh, with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, he didn't tell them the how to the degree he did prior to the the crucifixion. You know, he kept telling them, hey, this is coming, but they, they couldn't see it. And now it was there, and they're like, how in the world is this going to work out? Part of our walk with the Lord and learning to trust him is letting go of knowing how. You know, when when the, the um, Israelites were coming out of Egypt, and there they were at Pihahirath, and they were stuck between Egypt, you know, Pharaoh and the Egyptian army pursuing them, and the Red Sea. They're stuck. They are literally stuck between a sea. If they go in on their own, they're going to drown. If they stay there, the Egyptian army is going to come up, and it's going to destroy them. Well, obviously, God raised up the the, the wall of fire between them and, and the Egyptian army, and then the Lord opened the sea in a miraculous way that not one person could have figured out how until it actually happened. And that's where trust comes in. You know, it's the same thing if you remember the story of Joseph. You know, Joseph had these great dreams, but he ended up being in slavery and then in prison. You know, there he is in prison. You know, it's it's years that he's experiencing the slavery and in prison. And 
no doubt at some point he's thought, how in the world are these dreams going to come to pass? Well, the how wasn't important because God already knew how he was going to do it. All it took was God giving Pharaoh a bad dream for God's plans to instantly be put into motion. And it's the same thing for you and me. How is not important for us to know? God's already got that figured out. What is important is for us to let go of how and trust in the Lord and stay close to him. So we need, we don't need to know how. Number two, we don't need to be afraid. Uh, because when we don't know how, that tends to lead to fear, right? Uh, and, and that fear tends to overwhelm us, and it becomes this cycle. You know, well, we're already discouraged because of the circumstance. I don't know how it's going to work, and I start becoming afraid in this cycle, and it just really starts wrapping us and pulling us down, and, and we just get in this really bad, dark place. Uh, but if we let go of the how... And we refuse to allow fear to dictate our actions. Now, there's a difference between feeling fear and allowing fear to dictate our actions. Let me give you an example. Uh, most of you know I used to be a police officer here in Fort Worth. When I uh, finished all my training, finished my field training, and I was what we call cut loose, um, and was out on the street on my own, I was in that patrol car all by myself, I remember the very first traffic stop I ever did. Man, I was petrified because in the academy, they showed us all these videos of all the things that could go wrong on a traffic stop. So, you know, I pull this car over for no turn signal or something or whatever it was. Um, and I'm walking up to this car and I am literally having to force one foot in front of the other just to get up to this car wondering, you know, is this person going to jump out of the car with an AK-47 and try and mow me down or whatever? You know, is, is this a triple axe murderer? Somebody just robbed a bank or whatever? You know, and I walk up to the car and it's just this little old lady who didn't use her turn signal. But this fear was trying to drive my actions. Now, in the beginning, I had to force myself one foot in front of the other to overcome the fear. But over time, as I gained more and more experience as a police officer, that fear was still there. But because of my experience, it had less and less and less influence on me. And that's the way it should be for us as Christians. Yes, we're going to feel fear. I'm not saying you should never feel fear. What I'm saying is that fear over time, as you learn to walk with the Lord, as you stay close to Jesus, should have less and less influence on dictating your actions. You know, in Matthew uh, chapter 8, if you remember this story, it's the disciples, uh, you know, and they're, they're in the boat, and here comes a storm, and they wake up Jesus, uh, or I'm sorry, he, he's walking on the water, you know, and they're, they're petrified. So it says that uh, Jesus is, is here in the boat, and he says to them, why are you so fearful? Why are you so afraid? It's me. And that 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 phrase, why are you so fearful, is, is a phrase that Jesus uses many times throughout um, throughout his time with his disciples. You know, fear not. And that, that's the same message he wants to say to us today. Hey, look, it's me. I'm right here. Stay close to me. Don't be afraid. And again, that, I'm not saying you shouldn't feel fear. I'm saying don't allow fear to dictate your actions. And then finally, uh, we need to get to a place where we just stand in faith 
until God comes through. What do I mean by that? Uh, and I love the way Henry Blackaby puts this. If you've never been through the, the study, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby, I highly recommend that. Uh, but in that study, one of the things that, that Blackaby says is that we should continue to do the last thing God told us to do until he tells us to do something different. And that's what I mean by standing in faith. You know, if you're in the middle of a circumstance, uh, you know, whether it's relationally, maybe with your job or, or whatever, don't make a decision to change direction or to try and do something that is different than what the Lord has called you to do in that season or in that circumstance. And maybe it's just you don't do anything. Maybe you just stand and you wait for the Lord to come through. Now, again, only the Lord can let you know what, what the best thing is to do. But whatever it is, you just stand in faith until the Lord comes through. And as you do that, you are demonstrating your trust in him. You're demonstrating that you're not going to allow the fear to be your master. You're going to allow Jesus to be your master. It's really important uh, in, in circumstances like this to just stand in faith until God comes through. So this is what I mean when I say stay close to Jesus. Don't, don't worry about how, okay? You don't need to know how. Don't be afraid and then stand in faith until God comes through and doing whatever the Lord told you to do. So when it comes to walking with the master, those are the three things we need to be aware of. Uh, and these are the things that uh, happened with, with the disciples on the road to Emmaus is, uh, you know, Jesus comes alongside them and he begins to walk with them and gives them a new perspective. So for us, in order to walk with the master, we need to put ourselves in a position to hear from the Lord on a regular basis. That's number one. Number two, we need to allow the word of God to transform our perspective, our perspective of ourselves and our perspective of our circumstance. And then finally, we need to stay close to Jesus. If we'll do those things, we will continue to walk with the master in a valley, in, in victory, in every circumstance and area of life. It will give us the ability to keep walking, to keep moving forward along that pathway that God has laid out for us. So that's that's this week, uh, week number two, walking with the master. I hope that gives you some hope. I hope that gives you some tangible things uh, that you can apply in your life from the story uh, of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. So next week, uh, we're going to look at walking in the light. So here are the disciples, they're walking with Jesus and they're walking with the master. Next is walking in the light. They get some really interesting revelation in the next part. And, you know, what they do with that revelation and how it impacts their life uh, is something that we're going to look at next week and how revelation impacts us. But for now, that is this week as far as week number two in the Road to Easter series. I'm really glad you were with us tonight. I hope you're enjoying this series. And I want to end as we uh, close this this message out by, uh, again, thanking you uh, for being part of our TPC family. Uh, and if you're a partner with us here at Turning Point Church, a financial partner, thank you so much. 
Uh, it, it gives us the ability to do this and many other things here at Turning Point Church. And if, if you haven't had the opportunity to partner with us, I'll give you that opportunity tonight. There's three ways you, you can partner with us here at Turning Point Church. You can partner online at tpcfamily.org slash give. You can text the word give to 817-617-4378. Or you can mail us here at Turning Point Church, 10,700 Old Burleson Road, Fort Worth, Texas, 76140. Again, thank you so much for your faithful partnership as we continue to spread the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and we share the truth of his word with as many people as possible. So as we come to a close, let me pray for you and then we will look forward to next week. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you for this week. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to walk with you, to walk with the master and Lord, as we do that, Lord, I pray that each and every person uh, would would position themselves to hear from you, Lord, that they would allow your word to transform their, their perspective, and Lord, they would always stay close to Jesus. And Lord, I thank you in advance for doing those things in their lives. And Lord, I thank you in advance for just the blessing that you have been and will continue to be for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, again, thank you for being here. I look forward to seeing you next week as we continue our series, The Road to Easter.